Welcome to another episode of the ASMR University Podcast. I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this podcast explores the history, the art, the science, and the experience of autonomous sensory meridian response. You can also explore all of these aspects of ASMR at my website, asmruniversity.com. Today's podcast episode focuses on the question, what triggers ASMR in the real world? There are results from several published surveys that report popular triggers for ASMR. Many of those surveys ask directly about triggers in ASMR videos rather than real world. Or the question really just doesn't specify if the person is answering the question if they should be thinking about triggers in videos or triggers in the real world. This episode is going to focus solely on triggers in the real world. Although there aren't any published data yet specific to this specific question, It is well understood that there are a lot of differences in preferences to real-world triggers. I believe it's important for you to hear the different types of responses to this question. Perhaps one of these responses may best represent how you might answer this question. So in this episode, I'll share individual ASMR testimonials collected from my Voices of ASMR project. Each of these individuals answered the general question, what triggers ASMR in the real world? And the question included the following guidance. Based on your ASMR experiences, explain what triggers ASMR for you in the real world. Include details like Are you triggered by voices, sounds, sights, touches, smells, other stimuli? Which of the above trigger types is the strongest for you? What real-world situations trigger your ASMR the strongest? Do your immediate surroundings make a difference? Is the sensation similar or different from ASMR triggered by a video or audio recording. At the end of this episode, I'll let you know what question about ASMR will be addressed in the next Voices of ASMR podcast episode, as well as how you can submit your answer to that question so your ASMR experience can be included in a future episode. Okay, back to the testimonials for today's topic. The following are just a sample of the responses I've received. If there's any risque or colorful terms that uh, people submitted in their responses, I'll substitute those terms or omit those terms that I feel aren't appropriate to keep this a clean-rated podcast. 
and to provide an ear-to-ear experience for those of you wearing headphones. You'll hear the response from each person alternate. Some responses will be in your right ear, and some responses will be in your left ear. All right, now it's time to find out what triggers ASMR in the real world. The first response I've selected is from Katie. Here's what it says. Certain music, singing voices, and talking voices. It can happen during doctor's appointments, eye exams, makeovers, and by sales representatives due to the personal attention. The next response is from Promise. I'm triggered by voices, sights, and sounds, and of those, voices is the strongest trigger type. Real-world situations and triggers that do it for me the strongest are when I'm at work, when random people speak to me. That has always been kind of a difficult thing for me. At my first few jobs, I would get so tired, and I never realized why until about a year ago. It's because I worked at cash register or dealt with people all day, and their voices would trigger me. So I was almost always sleepy. I actually haven't noticed if my immediate surroundings make a difference or not. My ASMR is stronger when I watch or listen to ASMR than real-world experiences. The next response is from Paige. Sounds, touches, voices, and scratching sounds trigger my ASMR the strongest in the real world. Of those, voices trigger it the strongest. The situation or the specific situation that triggers it the strongest would be going to the ear doctor or to a salon. My immediate surroundings do make a difference on how I experience ASMR. And there really isn't a difference between the ASMR I experience in real life and the ASMR I experience through video or audio recordings. The next reply is from Anonymous. I am triggered by voice, touch, to the hair or scalp, mouth breathing, especially in binaural videos where the artist role plays as an ear doctor or eye doctor, that up-close experience. Real-life triggers for me include a trip to the salon. It's that haircut and combing, especially the shampooing. For the online experience, 
I require both the visual and audio experience to trigger my ASMR. The next reply is from A.H. Real life triggering doesn't happen often for me, unfortunately. One of my recent real life triggers happened at my university. Someone in a work uniform was there to sketch out the interior of a building for renovations. The man's careful contemplation, his furrowed brow, and his moving pencil were triggers for me. I could tell he was heavily concentrating. It was all visual for me. The next response is from A.K. In the real world, I tend to be triggered by touch. The feel of certain fabrics, or even delicate metals, like chain jewelry, can trigger me. The next response is from Ani. I'm usually triggered by voices, sounds, and touches, but also once by written communication. Voices, touches, and the last one, reading, seem to have been the strongest so far. Real-world situations are listening to certain women talk or simply their presence next to me like sitting in a couch in front of me. A visit to a female doctor whose demeanor is soft and kind. Reading a text from a particular female friend. This one just happened once, but the physical sensation was exactly the same. The surroundings don't make a difference. It can happen anywhere, unless there's too much noise or chaos. The sensation triggered by real-world situations is different from the ones I get from videos or audio recording. When it's a real-world, accidental trigger, the sensation is stronger, it reaches my whole body, and I feel vulnerable, exposed, and emotionally engaged in the situation or with the person who caused it. The next response is from Megan. I used to get the best tingles when the school nurse would come check our heads for lice. I remember wishing she would comb through our hair longer because I had these crazy tingles when she did. I also got them when the teacher would lick her finger to separate sheets of paper before handing them out to the class. Now most of my tingles come from eye exams, customer service phone calls, when I do my taxes at H&R Block and they ask for information and then type what I said into the computer and other instances involving another person. The next response is from Cece. I get a strong response 
when people speak in a different language than their mother tongue. When I go for a haircut and they wash my hair. When people breathe near me. When people near me are working and they whisper to themselves, but I can still hear it. When I'm commuting and people accidentally brush my arms with their bags. When the cleaning lady comes and cleans my desk. And when I see people washing windows. The next response is from Amber. A strong trigger for me is having my hair cut. Not the washing. That's too uncomfortable with my head back in the basin. But the combing and the cutting. It produces a warm, fuzzy feeling all over my head, neck, and shoulders and can send me into a hypnagogic state. I'm fortunate in having a hairdresser who doesn't chatter at me. The next response is from Rock. My strongest real-world trigger is an electric razor close to my ear. It's so intense that it seizes my back up and vibrates through my buttocks. It's too powerful to really be enjoyable. Sometimes I want to get away from the razor to stop the sensation. In a video, this same sensation is actually pleasurable because it's usually less intense. After that, whispers and blowing into my ear are the strongest sensation followed by scissors cutting material. With the exception of the electric razor in real life, I can easily ignore all of these triggers if I try. The next response is from Dolphin's Rule. I'm triggered by whispering, mouth sounds, tapping, scratching, light touches on my arms, shoulders, back, crinkles, and focused attention on a task. Of those, tapping is the strongest for me, particularly on wooden objects or dense glass. When I was a student, and later as a teacher, the strongest trigger was the sound of pencils writing, particularly when everyone was taking a test, so it was very quiet and the sounds were pretty isolated. My immediate surroundings do make a difference in a way. For the most part, it needs to be a relatively quiet atmosphere with few distractions. The sensations between real-world triggers and video-audio recording triggers are pretty similar. The next response is from Brock. I'm a 16-year-old boy and I'm very interested in psychology and neuroscience. I've been experiencing ASMR and misophonia 
ever since I can really remember. With misophonia, my only trigger was snoring. No matter what the case was, I would just go ballistic if I heard snoring. A bit later in my life, I developed a trigger to people chewing. Now with ASMR, my triggers are smooth voices. Also seeing someone do something repeatedly, over and over. But my triggers don't work when I look up trigger videos, or if someone knows I am using them for ASMR. It's almost as if it only triggers in a naturally occurring situation. I just can't set it up myself. Now this is where things get a bit more interesting. Once I fully read up on ASMR and misophonia, I figured that there had to be some sort of connection between the two. And I got this idea that you could turn misophonia into ASMR. So I began to experiment with it, and it actually worked. When I was near my brother, who was eating at the time, I concentrated on the sound, then the feeling of ASMR, and just like that, my misophonia trigger turned into an ASMR trigger. Now I pretty much seek out people who are chewing vigorously, although if I'm in a bad mood or annoyed with a person at the time and they start chewing, it triggers my misophonia again. I have yet to accomplish it with my snoring trigger because it's just too powerful for me to overcome. But I'm still trying it and swear that I will change it over to ASMR soon enough. I just needed to share this experience with someone so maybe more research could be done on the topic. This sounds very far-fetched, but I'm speaking the complete truth. The next response is from Sandy. I've experienced ASMR, or what I refer to as human purring, all my life. I'm 61 years old now. It happens to me when I watch a child drawing a picture, singing, or reading to me. Also, it sometimes happens when I'm interacting with animals and insects. The sensation appears to happen from visually focusing on someone or something, like warm and loving thoughts, or hearing certain tones, octaves, or music. I also feel the sensation when I think of other people, their thoughts, feelings, and the powerful connections we share. My theory is that it's from an ancient genetic trait, and it's not a learned response. I've never known anyone else who has experienced this, but know it's completely normal for me. I haven't watched any videos about it, and I haven't any desire to do so. It's 100% real for me, and I'm very happy and thankful to find out that I'm not the only person in the world with this ability. Thank you everyone for coming forward. The next response is from Anonymous. I get it from listening to someone, often a salesperson, explain or demonstrate something to me. It is always one-on-one. -on -one. They are doing almost all of the talking. I'm mostly a passive observer. 
For example, the last time I got it, I was buying a steam mop. The guy was calm and knowledgeable and really took the time to explain all the functions in different models. Pretty dull stuff, but it got me buzzing. The other trigger for me is listening to someone hum or sing as they work. I've had a couple of colleagues who do this. Depending on who it is, I can either find it irritating or it stimulates my ASMR. I've never experienced it from videos, though. I wish I could. The next response is from Scott. I am triggered only when I am able to watch someone mid-thought. Normally a person's train of thought runs too fast for you to watch it, and your brain is left picking up the last word, or they are merely repeating a thought they've already had previously. But occasionally a person pauses, and is left pondering something new while they speak, and my brain is able to fully process all the words that have come out before and is left in anticipation of the next word to come. Where is their train of thought heading? Knowing full well the person thinking doesn't know that either. In most instances, the stimulus is auditory, as in a lecture hall listening to a professor. In these instances, the professor is usually speaking in his or her second language, and perhaps searching for a word to describe what they are thinking. One memorable instance involved watching my niece draw with a crayon. Rather than scribbling or drawing hastily, each of her strokes were deliberate and painstakingly considered, and the ASMR mounted as I awaited her decision as to her next stroke. The next response is from R.L. I am mostly triggered by voices and sometimes touch or sound. The touch and sound are mostly limited to getting a haircut, if the demeanor of the hairstylist is calm and attentive. The fingers running through my hair and the slight tugging, plus the sound of scissors cutting right around my ears. The strongest trigger is definitely voices, and fairly often the person has an accent. It happens in situations where I feel I'm being given personal attention, and the person's tone and demeanor are caring, instructive, professional, and or role-playing. When I was younger, such as how children act as adults when they are playing, some specific examples I can recall. Advice from a doctor with a Vietnamese accent. A stranger with a Hispanic accent in a gift shop asking my opinion on which keychain he should buy. A co-worker detailing the method and spices he used to make a recipe. Playing house or restaurant with my cousins as a child. A classmate in third grade, drawing on the blackboard 
an instructor in the class on how to do something we had just learned in math, and an attentive and accommodating hostess with an accent at a Chinese restaurant. If my immediate surroundings are too noisy or hectic, it is distracting and thus hard or impossible to experience ASMR. The sensation is similar to ASMR triggered by a recording, but I think that the more natural responses that I get from the real world tend to be longer in duration because I'm not distracted by the sometimes artificial feeling of watching a video, so it's easier to focus. The next response is from Cassie. I'm triggered by a wide range of things. All of them can trigger in addition to memories and what I can only describe as imagined memories. These are when I see something, for example, a piece of artwork, and I imagine myself as the artist or participant, the maker or the onlooker. If I focus on imagining how the artwork or whatever it may be came into existence. I can usually trigger my ASMR. I can also trigger it by focusing on an old memory in which I was very happy and by remembering very specific details like subtle sights, sounds, and touches. I end up experiencing tingles. Thus far, all by itself, Sound is the strongest trigger type for me. But when I combine sight, sound, and imagined memory, I get a completely incomparable experience. My strongest real-world trigger is having my hair brushed or played with, or my scalp massaged, and also back rubs and back scratches and going through an imagined memory. My immediate surroundings can make a difference. If the area around me is hectic in any way, people rushing around, or the TV on too loud, for example, I have a difficult, if not impossible, time of experiencing ASMR. If the area is calm and relaxed, my ASMR often triggers with little to no extra focus almost without me noticing until the tingles have started. The ASMR from real-world triggers or recorded triggers is a bit different. The euphoric feeling is about the same, but the actual physical sensation of it is a bit different. I feel the actual tingles more often when watching videos and listening to recorded audio but I think it has to do with the fact that I listen through headphones, so it's literally right in my ear. I've never asked anyone to whisper in my ear for any extended period of time, so I can't say for sure if I would have the same reaction to a real-life whisper or not. The next response is from Ursula. My first ASMR experience was at the age of around seven, when one of my school friends, later she was my best friend in primary school, helped me paint something at art class. 
she took my painting brush, leaned a bit toward my side of the table, then described what she was doing, and I watched her do the painting. Later in my life, people, two women in particular, with soft vocals, reading a Bible at church triggered my ASMR. It's interesting that sometimes it seems that only the vicinity of certain people triggers tingles, like someone on the bus asking me if he or she could sit next to me, or just random people near me who start their interaction with me by first talking to me. The next response is from Josh. First, I want to point out that I can't be triggered by videos, although I've tried. My triggers all come from other people, live, in person. Here's my list of triggers. When someone softly hums a song, that's probably my biggest trigger. Also, I go to the library a lot, and not so much to read, but for the purposes of getting triggered, because there's always at least one person whispering at any given time, and I try to find the whisperers so I can stand or sit next to them. It sounds so bizarre, but just hearing people whisper will trigger my ASMR and send me into euphoria. Another big one for me is if I smell another man wearing Old Spice cologne, and he happens to be talking, I get the warm fuzzies. And last, but not least, getting a haircut is a big trigger. The next response is from Barb. My earliest memories of having ASMR was in kindergarten. We were sitting on the floor. Someone was reading a story to us and one of my classmates was very gently braiding a small section of my hair. I also experience it when I watch people work. For example, drawing with pencils, people trying to solve a problem, measuring and cutting paper, even watching people mow the lawn. One of the strongest ASMRs I've ever had was when the maintenance guy was trying to find a key. We had about 100 set of spare keys in my office. Each set had one to three keys in a ring with a tag on it, those round paper and metal ones. I couldn't see him. I could just hear him. It may have been the combination of him working to find something with the gentle tinkling of the keys against the metal tag. He may have been mumbling to himself, too. I couldn't move the entire time he was searching. Even now, just thinking about it gives me a very mild tingle. The next response is from M. I've always wondered what that tingling sensation was. For me, I noticed it most when someone touched or used something of mine someone using my pencil or writing in my book gave me, and still does, that feeling. 
I would stay calm and hope to myself that they would continue doing whatever it was that triggered that feeling because I really didn't want it to go away. And it's not like I can say, hey, can you please keep going in my pencil pouch? It feels good. Imagine how that would go. I craved these moments because I couldn't pinpoint other direct sources of that tingly feeling that I love and feel blessed that I am able to experience. I say blessed because I realize that not everyone can feel it. I've asked. Then I looked up. What is that feeling you get when someone touches your stuff? It led me to a list of Yahoo answers about why people hate it when people touch their stuff. But that's not me. So I was more specific with my next search. What is that tingly sensation in my head? Leaving out when someone touches my things, because there may be other triggers. And bam, I found ASMR. Reading through articles and experiences helped me because I realized that I'm not alone. I also found a list of triggers that allow me to get that feeling. It sounds, touches, and other things. I still love it when people play with my hair or use my things, but I find even when they're not doing that, I can easily find a YouTube video to help me out. I can't explain this to people without seeming weird. I don't feel that it is weird at all. And honestly, I'm sorry that so many people can't experience the pleasure that I feel when I'm triggered. I wish so badly that I could invite someone to feel these experiences with. Today, I sent a friend an ASMR whispering video to listen to and asked her what she felt. She said, creeped out. I'm like, really? No tingling feeling? Nothing? And she's like, no, I can hear her mouth opening. Why is she speaking so low? No one really gets it unless they have it, but I'm so glad I'm not the only person that gets it. Seriously, it's like a headgasm. I just made that up. Without any work. Thank you to all that shared. I'm grateful to have found people like myself. I truly hope that ASMR becomes more widely known and science finds a way to explain it to me. For now, I'll just consider it a blessing. I feel like I can relax better than some people. The next response is from Dave. I'm 50 now and just discovered ASMR videos about a year ago. As long as I can remember, the sounds of books wrapped in plastic, pages turning, all kinds of paper and plastic, whispering with mouth sounds, basically any time I went to a library, typing and other stuff would send me into an almost trance. I didn't want to leave. I think PBS had the best microphones in the world. I could listen to Mr. Rogers, Bob Ross, and Charlie Rose all day, it seemed. It didn't matter what they were talking about. 
I use my hands, pencils, pens, or wire to enhance the experience. It's not sexual for me as I have looked for those type of videos, and it's just not the same stimulus. I watch the videos mostly at night, for as long as I want. It's more enjoyable because it's private, and I can watch as long as I want. The next response is from Miriam. Examples of physical touch which stimulate my ASMR include a doctor performing an exam on me, putting the stethoscope on my back, on my chest, the doctor's gentle touch. Also, once I'm in that state, and even when the doctor's no longer touching me, but just talking to me, pretty much any movement by the doctor or just their speaking triggers it. Other examples of physical touch is someone doing my hair or makeup. Seeing physical touch on someone or something else can also trigger my ASMR. Seeing someone doing someone else's hair Seeing someone gently trace the words on a page in a book with their finger. Seeing someone gently unzip a zipper and slowly zip it back up. And also, slow arts and crafts. I'm unsure if sounds can stimulate my ASMR. Sound without the visual is less of a trigger for me. The next response is from Shannon. For me, it's usually always voices, though sometimes it can be a combination of personal attention and or voices. For example, one day I was having a conversation with a Chinese woman in English she had a noticeable accent, and she began speaking uninterrupted for a few straight minutes. And the next thing I know, I'm in a trance-like state where I'm so zoned out, it's like I'm not in my body, but someplace where I'm deeply relaxed. The other thing that really does it is personal attention, like doctor's exams, where they're gently all up in your face, or haircuts, spa treatments, getting my hair brushed, and especially if it's a combination of someone speaking softly and providing personal attention. That's the easiest way to trigger ASMR for me. So now that I know this, I watch ASMR videos and if I let myself focus on the video completely and don't allow myself to be distracted by anything else, then most of the time I can achieve that feeling if I'm watching the right video. The next response is from Drew. Personally for me, I'm triggered by kind people who speak eccentrically. In the real world, one of my strongest experiences was when I was young 
and my father took me to a jeweler's to resize a ring. The old man who owned the jeweler's brought me over to his stone examination station and calmly whispered to me and explained how he worked on different pieces of jewelry. And he spoke in such a calm, loving, and unique way. He was even kind enough to offer me chocolates. It still is to this day my strongest ASMR experience. The next response is from Laura. My ASMR is triggered by touches to my scalp, such as hair brushing or haircuts by others, and certain smells like lavender. The strongest trigger type, though, is touches to my scalp. And the real-world situation that triggers my ASMR the strongest is hair brushing or haircuts by others, meaning going to a salon. My immediate surroundings don't make a difference. And the sensation through a real-life trigger or recorded trigger are about the same. The next response is from Arrow. In the real world, my ASMR is triggered when I'm having my hair tended to at the hairdressers, especially when it's being washed. Any kind of makeup or skin care application, including spa treatments, also trigger my ASMR. Makeup is a big one for me. I love many aspects of makeup. I'm also a makeup artist by training and trade. So, finding others to do my makeup is not as common, which is a shame, because I can't give myself ASMR. The last response I'll share is from Danny. My ASMR is triggered in the real world by certain voices, especially soft and accented or over the phone are strong triggers. It can actually sometimes be distracting as I get entranced in the middle of a conversation, though it never actually disrupts my life. All right, that's the end of the testimonials. If you'd like to read the text of these responses, as well as all the other responses I received to this question, you can use the link in the show notes of this episode, or just go to asmruniversity.com and click on the link to the Voices of ASMR Project, and then click on the question, What Triggers ASMR in the Real World? Alright, what question will I address? in the next Voices of ASMR podcast episode. The question will be, what triggers ASMR while watching a video? I'll be sharing testimonials from individuals who answered this question, which also included the following questions to help guide their response. Explain what triggers ASMR for you when you're watching a video 
include details like, are you triggered by voices, sounds, sights? Which of the above trigger types is the strongest for you? Can you experience ASMR by listening to a video with the screen off? What specific actions, sounds, scenarios, or role plays in a video stimulate your ASMR the strongest? Do your immediate surroundings make a difference to your ability to experience ASMR from a video? Do you prefer intentional ASMR videos or unintentional ASMR videos? Who are your favorite ASMR artists and why do you like them better than other artists? For you, is the ASMR stimulated by a video similar or different from the ASMR stimulated by a real-world situation. If you have any experiences related to these questions which you would like to submit to the Voices of ASMR Project and possibly have me read them in a future podcast episode, then go ahead and click the link in the show notes of this episode. Or similar to before, you can just go to asmruniversity.com Click on the link to the Voices of ASMR Project. Then answer the question, What triggers ASMR while watching a video? And finally, if you're interested in writing a review of this podcast, then you can use the link in the show notes of this episode. Or just go directly to the Apple Podcast app on an iPad or iPhone and click the review button for this podcast. Until next time, I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this has been an episode of the ASMR University Podcast.